You're listening to Hello Francis, a podcast for curious creatives and nano entrepreneurs who seek knowledge, purpose, and community. Hello Francis is brought to you by the creative firm and solutionist agency, Francis Roy. Our lineup of guests, friends, and mentors candidly share their diverse wisdom and experience. We do all of this in less than 30 minutes. Let's get started. Hey, welcome to Hello Francis. I'm your host Chantel Dedeke and I am really elated to bring you guys this episode because I'm here with Hillary Durso, Greg Dedeke, and Janae Erickson from the Francis Roy team and we are talking about something that we think a lot of people are talking about which is our Myers-Briggs personality and just personalities in general and today we're going to go over just kind of what we found by taking the 16 personalities quiz and that's 16personalities.com and what all of our different personality types are how we utilize that here at the agency to understand ourselves and to create interpersonal relationships but I also want to then dip into a little bit about not getting too hung up on this personalities quiz. I don't know what you guys think, but maybe we'll go around and um, I don't know if we should do that even. What do you? <laughs> we should go around and be like, this is our personality. But how are you guys feeling? Feeling pretty good. Are you feeling good? I will say this: we've got two extroverts. Hill and I are extroverts, so we're mm-hmm. ease, and two introverts to give you guys a fair and balanced representation. <laughs> uh, Greg and Janae are both um, introverts, eyes. And so let's just start with the first letter, and we'll go from there. Sure. E's and I's. And it's not an E's versus I's, right, no. guys? No. It's more like E's and I's together. Yes. Mm-hmm. Well, the I's need the E's, and the E's need the I's. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> yes. Is it I before E, except I? No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> that doesn't apply to hardly anything. <laughs> so definitely, I think the misunderstanding for me is that E's are extroverts all the time and I's are not social. Mm-hmm. Right. And we know that that's not the case. So we all took this um, 16 personalities quiz. I'm an I at ENFJ. I am a ESFJ. Greg? I'm an INFP. I am an ISFJ. So we'll go through and explain the different letters here. So E is extrovert, and you guys will probably have to help me. Um, yeah, I would. Oh, thank you. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Janae, in true <laughs> ISFJ fashion, she has a list. Um, so E's are extroverted. I is stands for introvert. S is sensing. N is um, intuitive. F is feeling. T is thinking. P is perceiving. And J is judging. So I'll use mine as an example. I'm an extroverted, intuitive that leans more towards feeling than uh, thinking. And I also have a a judge. I hate the... The judge, the judge, but it always, doesn't. Really but mean it, doesn't. it just means you're organized. I was gonna say you choose organization air. over spontaneity. Yeah, well that's true. Yes, yeah. spontaneity makes me want to have a heart attack. Right, same. <laughs> so, <laughs> and there's this scale too. Mm-hmm. So t- there's yeah, no you pendulum. You could be a little bit of right both. Um, and so we took this test just to try to better understand ourselves and each other. I think a lot. There are corporate teams that use this as a standard. What we didn't want to do here is label everyone. Mm -hmm. And we didn't want to make different camps of people. So if you were, you know, an E versus an I, it's like, okay, the I's are together and the E's are together. We really utilize these 
personalities as a way for us to encourage and promote thought diversity on our team. So now that I understand and we understand collectively who is has a propensity to be good at what, then we can lean on each other for our strengths in different areas. Because I will say I'm an extrovert, obviously, but I also prefer times when I'm not around a lot of people. Mm-hmm. I don't know. Do you guys feel that? Do you feel the need to be in your opposite? Well, wasn't it like um, you get your energy mm-hmm. that way? Like when I'm alone, I feel energized. But when I'm with other people, you guys drain me. Mm, fine. <laughs> no, and it's, and it's, see, by, and it's vice versa. They yeah. tell extroverts to make sure you have time for yourself because a lot of times you don't dedicate time. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And it's important mm-hmm. even more so. But I would say I need to get better at that because I have a tough time just with downtime. I constantly want to be doing and being around people. I feel that. So, yeah. I want to be around people, but then I also am very exhausted by people. I think a lot of individuals are like that, but... I can be on very quickly to the point where I feel like I'm always on. So it is good to know that really my area of most growth and we we like 16personalities.com. I know later we'll talk about personality hacker. We really like Mm -hmm. them as well. But knowing like where your where your natural way of being is. And so they say that, you know, your first letter is your natural way of being. I've like an extroverted driver, but I'm in and a time of most productive growth when I'm both introverted and intuitive at the same time. Mm. I'm taking that time for myself, to myself, to really learn and grow and do all those things. So that's been really beneficial to me. And Greg, I know you retook your test recently. Yeah, so uh, a little over a year ago when I took the Myers-Briggs, I was actually an INTP, but I retook it a few days ago and it turns out I'm an INFP now. But the it. It was very close to still being INTP, though. If you look at the results, uh, really the difference is between the thinking and feeling. Mm. Like those two letters right there. <clears throat> and I think it was like, when I retook it, it was like 51% feeling, 49% thinking. So I think it's really dependent on what I'm going through in my life mm. or like what I'm working on as lately. But INFPs just turn out to be more um, feeling and creative than INTPs usually are. So more logical on the T side, more creative on the F side. Is that what the difference is? Precisely. Yeah. Hmm. So Interesting. I like that. I've taken mine 10 times and I am a solid ESFJ. Yeah. <laughs> and I'm like, did it change? No. I know. Nope. I, I feel like that now we've been digging into each other's personalities. It is when you're a part of a team, I feel like I've read y'all's personalities more than I've read mine. Mm-hmm. That's important to yeah. know each other's, but it's very, it aligns to me Hill, with your personality that you've taken it 10 times. <laughs> yes. And I took it for my fun. boyfriend yeah. <laughs> <laughs> because he did it and I knew it wasn't right. Right. <laughs> <laughs> She called me and said, hey, so um, this is what he is. And she goes, but that was the wrong star where you took it. And I was like, I don't think that's how you're supposed to use She goes, and I was spot on. I was spot on. <laughs> I read it to him and he's like, well, that does sound more in line with I can't. <laughs> But no, you probably should not do that ever. Okay. I... <laughs> I think that there is a lot to be learned in game. If you go to the 16personalities.com website, they describe themselves as freakishly accurate. 
description of who you are and why you do the things that you do. And sometimes that's so true. Yes. Yeah, that's for sure. And I really like how they break it down. So they give you workplace habits. They give you parenting, career suggestions. Um, so career paths. They give you your strengths and your weaknesses according to the test. So it's important that you not lie to yourself. Right. Yeah, that is the hardest part. That is the hardest part. Mm-hmm. Because I think there is this struggle between who we are and who we are hope we are. And so taking the test is very, uh, you know, honestly is very important because the reality is you're only going to be the best version of who you actually are at that moment in time. And that gives you a true picture of what you want to work on, the areas that you want to work on. So I I think that's something that we have to do. But I also kind of believe, and I don't know, I want to have a conversation with you guys about this. Like we went through a period of time where we were a little obsessed. Like we can get too hung up on this, I think. For sure. Yeah. I have a deep love for psychology, mm-hmm. so I can just read it all day long. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but sometimes you need to step back from it and not be so, you know, engulfed yeah. in it. Well, and I think, too, sometimes the results can give you – sometimes they can make you feel disappointed. Sometimes they can give you, like, this super high – like, they'll give you all the famous people that are in your personality, right? I feel like that's, it's fun, but I feel like it's also dangerous. Yeah. Like, should you be trying, like, for example, individuals in ENFJs, Oprah, Barack, and Martin Luther King Jr. Do I feel like I'm ever going to probably spend my life trying to be any version of those three people? Is that a good utilization of my time? No, I didn't need that comparison. Thank you very much. So now I should just focus on being the best version of Chantel that I can be. Yeah. And I think it's dangerous to want more than, or to compare yourself with someone like that. Absolutely. And speaking on, uh, in addition to that too, is I was talking to Janae about it and some things are spot on and then some things don't feel like they line up mm-hmm. exactly. And I think to your point, it I feel like it also has something to do with your actual real life experiences and mm-hmm. how you were raised. So I don't know. I think that connection has a lot to do with your like you you're that personality, but a lot of your life experience is like how that ends up, I guess, or looks yeah. like. Yes. And per, yeah. Personality hacker went into that and how like you could be kind of stronger in different areas of your personality based on your environment. Yes. Upbringing and everything. And it was very interesting because it was like, oh, I can see how, because my personality said I'm very affected by my memories and my like moments and everything with everybody. Mm -hmm. And it's like, if they had been good or bad, that really affects how you Mm. proceed. So you can have two individuals then that have the same personality type that have a totally different life trajectory based on their experiences within, you know, at every point in in life, every, you know, part of their journey, Mm -hmm. journey. Yeah. I think it's true. They, for me, there's a lot of danger in comparing comparison and then also allowing this to have too much authority in your life. Right. Right. Because you know, it will go like we were talking about compatibility mm-hmm. where Gregory is like my perfect match in terms of personality. So he and I get along very, very well. But what if we weren't Gregory? Like, I mean, I know there were plenty of times where we didn't. Where we didn't. Yeah. But what I'm saying, if it, if it told us it, it was like, oh, this, you know, or if you're in a relationship with someone like mm-hmm. with my husband and it's like, oh, well, his personality would never, you guys would never work out. If you take too much stock in yeah. that, it can right. really impact. Right. That's such a great point. Your personal life. Life. And I just think that that's the real life. What's happening going on in your life is way more important than what a website can tell you. That's Absolutely. Right. That it should be. Mm-hmm. Um, also backed by years of research, but still. <laughs> <laughs> Are you sure you're not that tea? 
but that's another thing about the um, not letting the personalities define you, like what a website suggesting that we should get into. Because I remember the first time I took the test and I got the INTP result, one of the first things I looked at was career suggestions mm-hmm. because I was in college, uh, I think just starting out, mm-hmm. and looking at the career suggestions for INTP and the first one is neurosurgeon and I love it. I am a solid C student with no interest in the medical field at all and you know it's just like all these crazy high-end academic career suggestions I think one of them was a software engineer programmer which I do kind of have a small interest in that but not really to the point where I want to make a career out of it and also like lawyer or something like that too. But when I retook the test, it, it was actually more in line with what I'm doing now, which is like a copywriter. Yes. <laughs> actually, uh, and I, it turns out one of the main careers for an, IF, an INFP is something to do with writing or creating. So um, copywriter is one of them, content creation, you know, novel writing. So you're growing two. into your personality. Yeah. Basically. And, um, That's cool. It is very cool. Yeah. And it's very different, but yet very similar between the INTP and the INFP, and it's mm-hmm. just very interesting. But yeah, like, you can't let it consume you pretty much with the suggestions it gives you, so... There's so many suggestions. And, like, the famous person for INTP was, like, Einstein, but he was an INTP. Oh, my... Mary, that's great. But do you know... I know. It's great, but I'm not that. <laughs> I agree. I'm but Mother he... Teresa. Oh! oh that's great. <laughs> yeah, live up to that. <laughs> No comment. Right. <laughs> on mine. No, on mine. Oh. I think... <laughs> now I'm really curious. Right? I think it's it's dangerous, though, to... Well, what happens is it does give you a little self-validation. It is nice to see a, ref, a reflection of Mother Teresa or, you know, or whatever. But, you know, have a reality check as yes. well and yeah. be like, okay, will I be the next Oprah? Probably 99% No. Mm-hmm. I'm gonna give myself that one percent. <laughs> you, never, you never know. You can't say never. Okay. <laughs> I'm gonna give myself that one percent. You know, will I ever be president? Probably no, but you know, whatever. But it, there is something when you see that you're like, oh, okay. Well, it is the, the potential validation is there, but we can't put too much. I, I just think it's dangerous to put too much stock in that. Yeah, I agree. It, it's just you know, um, but. I do like the 16personalities.com website. It breaks out strengths and weaknesses, romantic relationships, which I would say proceed with caution. You love who you love. And if you guys have hard personalities, if you're both willing to work hard at that, I just, to me, I just don't take a lot. Of, I don't put a lot yeah, into that. I didn't actually read that. Uh, there's a section for friendships and parenthood, career paths, workplace habits, and then they they give you like a conclusion. I thought it'd be interesting to dive into workplace habits a little bit just for the sake of this conversation. And because I feel like a personality quiz like this does kind of set us up for understanding our project teams. Mm-hmm. And what that combination of project teams should look like. And, you know, do we need a little bit more in the creative? Do we need a little bit more visionary here? What about implementers? You know, what what is, we have this client project and what does it take? I, I think it's a really healthy way to, to do some checks and balances there. And we do use that to a certain extent. Right now, our, our team is very balanced and we gel and work really uh, well together. And we are very cautious about our team dynamic. Right. And who we bring in. Mm-hmm. Because you know, sometimes it just, it 
it, a disruptor, if you will, can be for good or for bad. I like the, the person that's going to come in and totally bring us into a different like thought wave. Right. But sometimes personally that disruptor can cause a lot of turbulence. Yep. Absolutely. So I don't know. We've seen that happened mm-hmm. before good and bad you know so in order to have thought diversity there has to be a level of us being willing to be uncomfortable and being open-minded and uh, tolerant and accepting of different ideas than our own and being willing to say that yes this team dynamic right now and we have other members of our team that are not here is gelling and working good but in order for us to get to the next level we are going to have to be open to the fact there will be other people at this table that will be smarter than us, they'll be more experienced than us, and if we all work for Francis Roy, really, and we want to go to that next level, we have to be open to that. How do we feel about that? The potential for new people mm-hmm. to sit around the table. I think it's exciting, but I think it can be a little um, unnerving for some people too, mm-hmm. uh, me included, because you know it's just like I've worked with you and Hillary and Janae for like the longest time but like sometimes like when someone new comes in now it's just like it's a little weird it takes some adjusting because mm-hmm. uh, you're so used to this dynamic you're so used to I don't I'm used to my own like little goofiness in the office but I don't know what these people are yeah <laughs> <laughs> how much to unleash on them in the first time <laughs> alright <laughs> first bit on the first let me day. introduce myself <laughs> <laughs> but yeah just like it I, I think that can be said for any workplace, really. Yes. It's just that like anytime you bring someone mm-hmm. new in, it's like you got to adjust a little bit to the yeah. new dynamic. Yeah. So, and that begs the question, where does the adjusting happen? Right. Does it happen on our part in order to be successful? Does it happen on theirs? Are we trying to get them to come in and adjust to us? Or? I think it's both. Yeah. yeah. Because I think, both. yeah, because I think we, we would need to adjust in order to, for them to thrive and feel comfortable. Mm-hmm. But then sometimes I can, I lack trusting a lot of people. So I think from their point of view, in order to build trust mm-hmm. with our team, that would have to come from them as well. Yeah. What do you, guys, what do you think, Jenny? I agree. Yeah, I mean, obviously the, the core practices in the office or in the business will have to stay the same. Mm-hmm. But uh, I think definitely some dynamics and behavior will have to adjust on both sides to really like a well-balanced say to yeah kind of make the workplace a better place Mm -hmm. to work in but uh you know the the core practices and the values of the business should remain the same right it should not change for anybody new coming in Mm -hmm. and they should be made well aware of that before they come in too but that doesn't mean that it's not some like fraud houses or like initiation. <laughs> you... I don't know. We don't talk about that. No, <laughs> no but it, it shouldn't be like that. But you know, like just a general understanding of each other. Yeah. Or at least building that understanding. So I'm gonna respectfully disagree. Okay. With everyone, I think it depends on who we're bringing in and what that role is. I think if we're bringing in, to me, if there was someone that was coming in specifically for the reason of creating a new department and creating a new direction, I would want our team to adjust to that new direction because the, the, the sole reason for that person to be bringing, brought into the team is to give us something that we've never done before. So I would think it would have to be more pushed in that direction. Not that we're there yet or we even, you know, have that. But I I think it depends on the new person and what that new person's role is. But I will agree that our core values remain the same Mm -hmm. and our guiding principles remain the same. 
but the adjustment on each side probably depends on who that individual is and what's their purpose for being integrated into our team. Right. So I agree that it could weigh heavily on either or. I still think you have both though. Like one doesn't just, you know what I mean? Like because you want your team to still feel comfortable and thrive and want to, you know, get behind the new person, sure. you know, that person. Yeah. Well, we want them to feel a part of the team. Yes. Right. That person could be leading our team mm-hmm. into a new direction. Right. And that the purpose of, you know, of that person being here is to create some new trajectory. And that will make major disruption cause all of us to be uncomfortable. <laughs> <laughs> that is my personality work struggle. <laughs> come in with Janae so <laughs> that is also mine yes we we are similar oh. in that I haven't actually looked at my own workplace habits so we uh, share that Janae yeah. yes mm-hmm. yeah so that is a strength of mine is just being able to roll with a mm-hmm. new disruption and so I know that I cause a lot of that on our team um, and intentionally sometimes because I kind of have this mentality that major destruction causes the need for innovation and rebuild. And I completely agree with that. And I actually think, I won't speak for Janae, but I think it's nice to have that opposite because yeah. that's what I, like, I need to be pushed a lot. It's I'm not saying it's the most comfortable thing for me to do, yeah. but my best moments have been when I'm not comfortable. True. <clears throat> so... I actually love that that's an opposite for me. Yeah. Well, you're like, yeah, you're the big picture person and I'm very much a small picture person. So I need that big picture person. Vice versa. I can get that small Mm -hmm. picture. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And vice versa because the big picture never happens without a team, Mm -hmm. you know? And a vision is just a vision without implementation. It never, you know, comes to fruition without it being actually put in place. So when you go to the 16personalities.com, I'll digress from that a little bit because I feel like everyone probably has a different opinion. It's such a good, it's so good to have differentiating opinions because Mm -hmm. if we were all sitting here agreeing with each other all the time, would we ever truly push ourselves um, to full potential? Would, and it's uncomfortable and we get frustrated we get annoyed with each other. Like all of that stuff happens, but at the end of the day, the work still progresses. I think our creativity levels increase. Um, and, and so for me, on a big picture perspective, that's what I'm looking for. I try not to get too hung up in the day to day, like, oh, somebody's pissed today. You know, I don't really care about that stuff. I mean, I, I'm, <laughs> I care. <laughs> You care to a point, but then you're also like, okay, I got to get my work done. I'm you really know what I mean? I'm sad that people had to hear my diabolical, like, move on. Sorry. <laughs> She's like, I don't care. I don't care. <laughs> I care, obviously. I'm a people person. But I don't. <laughs> so, so each of our personality types has a title. Yes. Do you guys all know yours? Yes. Mm-hmm. ESFJ is the console. That makes sense because you love psychology. Mm-hmm. And you help, I would say you're a natural leader. You help a lot of people through things. Mm -hmm. That's, yes. That makes sense to me. Greg? I'm the mediator, so I don't like conflict, which is true. (laughs) You don't like conflict? You're the same? Same. Mediator? Yeah. Well, I know I'm a defender, but I don't like conflict. Oh, yeah. (laughs) I don't think people like conflict, right? Well, I was going to say, because I don't, because mine doesn't 
like conflict either. Like the personality type ESFJ doesn't like conflict either. So I don't know if that's like a. I wonder. I don't Nobody know. here likes. Conflict. I was gonna say which one. I don't think. I don't conflict. think people openly admit they like conflict. That's conflict can be necessary. It can be necessary. Yeah. I know. I know. Whenever um, I do novel writing like conflict is essential to like creating good dialogue mm. and stuff like that mm, interesting yes so you need it you need it in there yeah and conflict can be good i believe it is good to sometimes disagree with each other and because that opens the opportunity to bring in new perspectives but depending on personality that can be more counterproductive than productive. Yeah, the different. We did a, a podcast episode on the difference between someone who is constructively criticizing someone who's just a naysayer because they're just completely in disagreement all right. the time. But I am. I'm really curious if you know for our listeners to kind of chime in on dialogue and you know talk to us about when they feel like conflict is necessary. For me, my driver is harmony, and so I think that that can seem like I would avoid conflict. But no, harmony just means you want balance. Correct. And sometimes conflict needs to occur in order for balance to be achieved. Mm-hmm. I do not enjoy conflict, but I feel like it's supremely necessary in some situations. Yes. And I'm not seeking conflict by any stretch of the imagination because I got other things to do. But mm-hmm. sometimes one of those things is to not necessarily create conflict, but to address things head on so that we can move on from them um, and be productive. Okay, so you're the defender, Janae, and you have like a list <laughs> in front of you. <laughs> in my personality, I'm very detail-oriented. Yes, I like that. You always have a list, Janae. You and Hill both always yes, have a list. I do. Mm-hmm. I love my to-do list. I can't look. Yeah. Yeah. And that's very in with your personality and yours as well, mm-hmm. right, Hill? Yeah. I definitely have to write it down and create a list. Greg, mm-hmm. where are your lists? Oh. My list? No, just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> I don't make lists. Oh, God. <laughs> <laughs> that stresses me out. <laughs> I know, right? It's like, Gregory, so where is it? <laughs> where do you keep it? <laughs> oh, my gosh. That's hilarious. Yeah, I have to tell Gregory. He cannot just tell me things. <laughs> they have to be written. <laughs> Put it in a sauna, please. Yes. And we're all working really a lot harder to be really good in a sauna, which is great. I did. I learned something very interesting about myself from the website because I was just checking it before today. Mm-hmm. And I'm a protagonist, and we are the most likely personality type to enjoy volunteering, which I feel like oh, is very true. I love that. Probably to a fault sometimes. Yeah. Sometimes I volunteer us for stuff that we don't know that you're <laughs> doing. But the head to me just is such a worthy. I love volunteering. I like mm-hmm. giving back. And I feel like it always has a bigger purpose to you. Like it helps our team grow. And it's one of our core values to give generously. And really all the volunteer, we, we are very strategic about the type of volunteering that we do. All of our volunteer work really has opened other doors that we didn't expect. And I love that. We were celebrating with Maddie Kelly Arts Foundation last night. We've volunteered for them for the last three years. And as of this month, they're, a new cl- they're an official client of ours. And I just feel like so many of our great client relationships came from that volunteering opportunity. Mm-hmm. So I felt like that was really interesting. Oh my gosh. Do you guys even want to talk about your strengths and weaknesses? Let's do it. I mean, I'll have to back I'm... step on that. Because <laughs> I don't make lists, so I got to <laughs> I mean, gonna, I don't know. Do we feel like it's, maybe we could talk about them in generalities? Like, And they, maybe the weakness is just a opportunity, opportunity for growth somewhere. True. Yes. You know? Valid. Let's do it. Jenny, do you already have yours written down? One of my weaknesses, I don't know. My strengths. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> you 
pregnant when you are straight? That's cool. Let's unpack that, Janae. <laughs> Do you feel like it's because you just know them, or you feel like you want to? You're in a mind frame. Well, I need to want work, to work on, on them. Straight. Yeah, I want to okay. work on my weaknesses. So let's talk about. And they call me Captain America, by the way, on this oh. thing. So obviously, I have some strengths. <laughs> <laughs> I love that. I love that. Okay, so there's a list of weaknesses. Mm-hmm. Let's pick one thing out from this list of weaknesses, and let's say, okay, this is probably the thing that I need to work on the most. (laughs) (laughs) These are rough. (laughs) Who wants to go? We're picking one strength and one weakness or just one? Let's start with weakness and pick one weakness. One thing that we need to work on. Does anybody have one like right off the bat? Okay, so one of my weaknesses is handing out criticism and corrections. Mm. So that is obviously something that I need and Mm. and need to be able to do that. And I think it's more on me thinking like, what are they going to think about me critiquing this when mm-hmm. honestly it's necessary, needed, and developing them? So yes. it's helpful. Yes. So, so you, but it stresses me out. Oh, that makes sense. <laughs> <laughs> yes, I can see. So that. I'm working on that. And how, what do you think is just like being comfortable with knowing? You know, I had an ex boss that told me if someone's asking you, it's because you're the expert. Yeah. So then we are obligated to provide. True. What we know it to be our knowledge. It's really a knowledge share. Yeah, it's I think, not critique. like how I'm looking at it, basically. Mm. I'm just trying to change my viewpoint. Shift your mindset yes. a little. That's good, Janae. I like that. Greg, what you got? Well, uh, I hope you don't mind if I also mention a strength on this because it's actually <laughs> okay. kind of interesting how this works. So the first thing it lists for an INFP for the strength is idealistic. Mm-hmm. But if you go down to weaknesses, the first thing it lists is too idealistic. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> That's so great. <laughs> That's why I had to share the strength part of that too. But like, so basically INFPs, they, uh, mediators, friends, loved ones will come to admire them and depend on their optimism and shake and believe that all people are inherently good. And if they're bad, then, you know, they were good at one point, mm. you know, a whole thing. But the whole too idealistic thing. Mediators, uh, I'm reading this off the 16personalities.com, by the way. Mediators often take their idealism too far, setting themselves up for disappointment as again and again, evil things happen in the world. Mm, interesting. So uh, this, this is true on a personal level too. Uh, so in terms of other people, they could idolize other people, but that person, you know, is like, they forget that nobody's perfect. Mm. And um, but so you put people up on a pedestal. People, not just people too, like projects as well, like goals as well. Like I'm sure people would know it here. I I'm constantly working on random projects. No, we don't know that. Yeah, anymore. a lot of times they don't go anywhere. Uh, <laughs> no, but I think that it's not that they don't go anywhere. It's your brain grows. We see that. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Right. You are I'm very optimistic about all of them, which is really fun. I know. Yeah. I mean, like I'm, I'm optimistic because sometimes I'm too optimistic and I'm just like, mm. uh, well. I mean, like, yeah, that, that comes into, like, where if, if enough disappointments happen in it, it, it can be very rough mm. for INFPs. So that's uh, another thing with that there. So that's why I think I should have shared the, the idealistic and too idealistic traits. I love that. Yeah. yeah. It's good. It's very interesting how that is because, of course, I relate a lot to it. <laughs> so, mm. Yes. <laughs> Well, <laughs> that was really great, Greg. Yes, that was really great. Okay, so I am vulnerable to criticism. So, and I think this, my personality tends to be their own worst enemy. So it, once criticized, we, like my personality internalizes it. Mm-hmm. And then I become my own worst critic. So I think that that's something 
that I constantly practice mm-hmm. to take not be so hard on myself. We're all nodding. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I think it's safe to say that we all experience that here to some extent. Yeah. Um, so you're not alone for yeah. sure. Mm-hmm. I think especially in an agency or marketing agency too, because I experienced that with my writing. Or actually with anything. Because we all create something from ourselves and offer it to the masses. It's very vulnerable. Right. It's um, especially you're given all this work. uh, I know with Janae with her art, me with my writing, you with your organization and leadership, Mm -hmm. Hillary, um, you know, like with everything, organizing all that too. Mm -hmm. Uh, Just all the talents we bring. And whenever that is criticized, I know that sometimes we have a hard time with it. Me especially. (laughs) Like it's... Mm -hmm. And it we feels be, personal. Be, yeah. If it's not personal, but it feels like it is mm-hmm. sometimes, and I think that's just human, really. You know, it, yeah. It's hard to forget that it's not personal. Yeah, I've had to learn and observe that what criticism I'm actually receiving, and let it be what that is, and not actually internalize it and make it way worse on myself than it was mm-hmm. those things just blur <laughs> yeah <laughs> so it's all part of growth and development too yes. i think just the fact that we are aware mm-hmm. sets that kind of growth in motion you know being aware yes i know i do this to myself or yes i know this is a difficult obstacle that awareness is kind of the first step right. to you know you can check yourself before you wreck yourself, sorry. I, I like it. I like that. That's what my Christmas sweater says. <laughs> I love that. But it is. You can definitely check yourself and be a, a balance and and say, hey, this is. I know I'm about to do this. What are my triggers for this kind of behavior? And then just have some time where you're working through that trigger, giving yourself some mechanisms for getting through that. My weakness. There are a lot of them, and it's kind of scary to read them to be honest overly idealistic is the number one as well for me greg and but from a different perspective so sometimes instead of something making me angry i often feel pity for my opposition or i will be totally naive that's really a struggle and i'm super aware of that like if someone does wrong by me i often feel I justify their course of action. And it's still a mistake that they've made where I should be slighted or feel angry and be able to work through that anger. Instead, I think I get way too idealistic Mm -hmm. about that individual. Like, oh, well, they could be going through this internal struggle. They could be doing this. Mm -hmm. They could be doing that. And it keeps me from addressing the small The actual, yeah. Mm -hmm. So I try to tackle this person's holistic humanity. And why they treated me this way when in reality they're probably just an asshole. Yeah. I mean, and I just need to move on from that. Yeah. Or, you know what I mean? Or I'm acting in a way that shouldn't and yeah. not trying to, you know, oh, this thing happened to me in kindergarten. That's why I am. Like, that's just way too much thought for one day. And that can take up a lot of my time. Memories of childhood can often affect your personal life, but it doesn't apply to everything. Right. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe the person's just a jerk. No, <laughs> just it's a not, jerk. It's not because, like, Jake the bully, like, bullied you in the playground or something. Yeah. Well, I think, like, I grew up and I grew up in a different um, generation than you guys but I grew up people like always telling you well it could be worse you know like if you felt a certain way someone would be like well at least it wasn't this right. or at least it wasn't that or right. it can always be worse it's not helpful it isn't helpful it's not. it isn't because the reality is you can only deal with what's in front of you mm-hmm. and you can only deal with it with the tools that you've developed so far in this this life yeah so you know, yes, are there people starving in other areas of the world? Yes, but that's not actually the problem that I have in front of me today at 1128 on a Thursday. 
at a Chick-fil-A. At a, you know what I mean? <laughs> like, I'm trying. Do I want to be a part of this greater picture that solves poverty? That, But when you're a child and you don't finish your plate, you know, hearing that, well, there are starving people, yeah. it creates this kind of, like, internalization that is just like, oh, well, I need, with every small decision in my life, I need to be making sure that I'm balancing with these big world problems, which yeah. is crazy we, that we do that to kids, I think, mm-hmm. you know? So, and constantly comparison. If you're sad, you're sad. You shouldn't have to be less sad just because you didn't lose your house in a tornado. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. oh, it could be so much worse. This could have happened to you or whatever. It's like, no, you're a human being. You're allowed to be sad because you broke your heel on a subway. Yeah. yeah. Maybe you saved all your money. See, that's me, idealistic. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe you saved all your pennies to get those manolos. <laughs> you know what? No, here's the heel. You bought it from Target and it broke. That's it's what right. happened. <laughs> Yikes, we got a lot of crap to work on. No. <laughs> this has been a really interesting practice for us. Yes. And anytime we can get some, half, any of our uh, team together to have a discussion about who we are who we hope to be, how we can help each other be stronger and better, how we can work and gel more as a team, and how we can prepare ourselves for the disruption that we know we need in order to grow is a good day. This feels like a good day. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. thank you guys for being super vulnerable. Yes. I know we want to do this more. We definitely want to dive in later on in future episodes about the personality hacker stuff that we've learned. Uh-huh. So we'll do that as like a part two. I know um, maybe not right after this, but in the future. And we're really curious, uh, our listeners, what is your personality type? What do you feel like is spot on for you? What do you feel like is not? Have you taken the personalities.com quiz? We want you to comment, share with us. We're going to have some conversations about this. And until next time, please like, comment, share, subscribe. Email us at hello at francisroy.com. <laughs>